from Philippians chapter 2, verses 5 to 11. You can find it in page 1230 of the Pew Bibles. Philippians chapter 2, verse 5. Your attitude should be the same as that of Jesus Christ, who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, but made himself nothing, taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to death, even death on a cross. Therefore God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. Merry Christmas. Well, I hope you are having a Merry Christmas so far. And wow, that boy band. That boy band was amazing, wasn't it? You didn't know there was a Surrey Hills boy band, did you? They could come out with a CD. Some eligible bachelors on that boy band, by the way. <laughs> well, I hope we're all excited this morning. I'm sure many of the boys and girls are excited this morning. It is very morning. My, my two boys, they were awake very early. I was awake already, but they were awake at 6 a.m. So excited. And then I came to their room after I did a bit of work at 7, and they're back to sleep. So that excitement didn't last too long. But it is an exciting morning because we get to celebrate Christmas together. And Christmas, just like what we saw in that video, it's a bit like a paradox, isn't it? And I suspect some of our experiences of Christmas is somewhat like a paradox as well. We expect Christmas to be one way, but we end up feeling a different way. I wonder whether that's your experience. You expect it to be one way, but you end up feeling a different way. We say Merry Christmas, don't we? But it's not Merry Christmas for everyone, is it? Even for us, it might be Merry Christmas today. Tomorrow it won't be a Merry Christmas. For some people it will be a Merry Christmas. For some others it won't be a Merry Christmas. It brings to mind Christmas last year for my family. Now, in my family, we have a, a tradition, and that is we wake up on Christmas Day and we take a family photo around the Christmas tree on, on Christmas Day. And we take a photo before the kids get to open up the present. And this was a photo from last year of my son, Caleb. He was very excited that Christmas morning. He got his gift. And you see what that gift is? It was from Costco. It's... Uh, a drone. Very excited. It was a Merry Christmas for him on Christmas Day. But then the next day we went to the park. We tried it out. He got to play it and he had a lot of fun for a little while because then he passed the control to one of my other children who shall remain nameless. <laughs> that child, he or her, had a go and that drone kept on going up and up and up and it kept on going until it lost connection and it kept on going perhaps back to Costco or, or China. <laughs> My family tried to chase it down, but there was long gone. And so that Merry Christmas was a very short Merry Christmas for that son of mine. But, but you see, Christmas can be somewhat like a paradox. But it is especially true when we come to the Christmas story itself. It is paradox all over, all over, 
almighty God, helpless babe, divine yet human, the infinite yet contained in the finite, the Lord, the King, yet the servant of all. I'd just like us to reflect on those paradoxes for a moment. It is extraordinary. I mean, if we come to understand Christmas that way, not, not indifferently like it doesn't matter because it does matter, not shallowly like there's nothing to it because there is so much to it, but with an open heart and an open mind, informed about what Christmas is really about. You see, if we really come to understand Christmas that way, you will see that Christmas is far more wonderful and also far more threatening than we can ever imagine. Far more wonderful, but also far more threatening than we can ever imagine because if he is the king, that is wonderful, but also threatening to each one of us. It's why those of us who can see past the Christmas trees and decorations and, and presents, and those of us who do see that Christmas is about Jesus Christ, some of us may feel threatened by that. Because what's the claim of Christmas? The claim of Christmas is that Jesus is king. And some of us may not like that. In fact, last week, there was an article in the newspaper about a primary school in East London. In this primary school, the teachers were telling the children, when you sing away in a manger, replace the words Lord Jesus to baby boy Jesus. Do you read that article? So each time you come past Lord Jesus, don't say Lord Jesus. We don't want to see him as Lord. We want to say baby Lord Jesus. Why? Because some of us may be threatened by the true meaning of Christmas. Because it makes a claim that Jesus is king and some of us will not like that. I don't want any Lord over me. I do not want any king over me. Let's just keep that baby a baby. And so when you come to understand Christmas and understand the paradox of Christmas, that Jesus is both Lord and servant, it is more wonderful and threatening than we can ever imagine. Now we come to that reading, Philippians, that was just read out to us. And if we understand, it's a wonderful hymn, a wonderful poem, that one. It should just boggle our minds. It should just be staggering to even think about and to contemplate. I mean, if you were the Prime Minister, you wouldn't see the Prime Minister walking down the corridors of Parliament dusting the furniture, would you? Of course not. That's not the Prime Minister's job. If you were the president, you wouldn't see the president running in front of the motorcade with his secret services, would you? Well, of course not. He's the president. If you're the queen, you wouldn't see the queen on Christmas Day in the royal kitchen cooking up a roast for all her palace servants. Of course not. Well, she's the queen. You see, they're important people, and they're important people for a reason. In fact, some of the privilege. I did a little bit of research. Some of the privileges of being queen is just out of this world. 
You see, when, when she travels, she, she, she travels with a massive entourage. And one of them has the job of being the poet, the queen's poet. Have you heard of that role? One person gets that job. It's a job that uh, the monarch has had for about 400 years. The poet follows her around and writes poems about special occasions. It's because she's important. No one follows me around. Even my children don't really want to follow me around. But even her own dogs, you know how the queen is very precious about her dogs, they live like a dream. They, they live, they get five-star treatment. They travel in chauffeured limousines. They're escorted into private jets and helicopters. They're dogs. In Buckingham Palace, they get their own room and they always serve fresh food in a silver bowl. At home, I get some plastic ones. These dogs get silver bowls. Why? Because she's the queen. And you would expect that. But now, what would you expect of Almighty God? The king of the universe. The one who made all things. The one who gave all things life. The one who sustains all things. You see, we are here living, breathing, sitting, having a heartbeat because this God is sustaining us. That God. Now, what do you expect of that God? Well, you would expect at least better treatment than the queen, than the president, than the prime minister. You would expect that, wouldn't you? But do you hear what was read in that passage in Philippians? What we see here, no glory, no comfort, no privileges. Look at this, these few verses. Who Jesus Christ, that is talking about Jesus Christ, being in the very nature of God, did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, but made himself nothing, taking on the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness. You see, this is, this is God the Son as an infant in diapers. Is that hard to imagine or what? God the Son in diapers, in humility, in weakness, in poverty. This is God the Son who gave his life, coming down, becoming like us. And so what is more wonderful than that? But you see, Christmas is more than just Jesus becoming a man. He goes further down the social ladder. From the highest point in the universe, you don't get higher than God, to the lowest point on earth as a servant. And not just coming down as an accountant or a politician or a doctor, as a servant, the lowest point and even dying. How do you fathom that? God, the giver of life, would die and could die? But that's what we read in the next verse, isn't it? And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to death, even death on a cross. Now, now let's try to make sense of that for a moment. We're talking about here the almighty God of the universe coming down as a man. And just like what we saw in the kids' talk, that was just a story, but we're talking about what is true. On bended knees. God on bended knees, putting on a servant's towel around his waist 
And we read in one of the stories in the gospel, he washes the dirty feet of his disciples. This is God Almighty, down to the pits of earth, washing the feet of men. But not only that, even dying, even going to the cross and dying for them and dying for us. I mean, just think about how extraordinary that is. Imagine the president taking the bullet for his secret services. That would just be unthinkable. Imagine the queen going out to war, being on the front line ahead of her soldiers. That would be unthinkable, but here we are speaking about the Son of God. And so do you see how Christmas is far more wonderful and threatening than we can imagine? It's wonderful because the Son of God, out of love, would go to such an extent for you and me. It's wonderful. I mean, I don't expect anyone in this world to be willing to die for me. I wouldn't expect that. Yvonne may, but I wouldn't expect it. But we're told here, someone did do that, the Son of God. What is more wonderful than that? But you see, it's also threatening. It's threatening because it threatens all our sense of self-righteousness, all our sense of self-significance, or our sense of self-sufficiency, or independence, or any thinking that I can get through life without God. You see, it threatens our pride, our ego. I'm not God. God is God. In fact, I'm helpless and hopeless, so helpless and hopeless, that I need God to help me. And there's no pride in that. I even need God to die for me. And there's no pride in that. You see, Christmas is more wonderful and more threatening than we can imagine. See, the purpose of Christmas was so that Easter can happen. From that wooden cradle to the wooden cross. From the choir of angels to the cursing of people. From the humble birth to the humiliating death. From the cry of the crib to the cry of the cross. He came not just as baby boy Jesus. He in fact went even lower. Out of love, he came as a servant that the Son of God would come to serve us. But of course, here comes the paradox. We can't keep Jesus a helpless, harmless baby boy Jesus like what those teachers were trying to teach in East London. The one who came as servant was raised as Lord. Jesus never stopped being divine, never stopped being the Lord and King of all. And so the carols that we sing, they're in fact right. We're singing truths. We're singing right things. And so away in a manger, it is the little Lord Jesus. He is Lord. In Joy to the world. Let earth receive her king. He is indeed the king. In Hark the Herald Angels Sing, Christ the everlasting king. All kings will die. All kings will come and go, but this one is the everlasting king. And he is 
God and Lord of all. We sing what is true. And so the one who came as servant was raised as Lord and King. And so you know the classic Handel's Messiah, Lord of Lords and King of Kings. I was just tempted to sing that, but Lord of Lords and King of Kings. That is spot on. And God made it plainly clear to the world in case anyone had any doubt. In case anyone thought, I don't believe this. I I like to keep Jesus just as a baby. I prefer him as a helpless, harmless baby. Well, Jesus made it as clear as possible. He was raised and exalted so that there are no rulers or kings or queens or power or authority that is greater than him. And so we read in Philippians, Therefore God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name. Which means every politician, every prime minister, every president, every queen, every king, every emperor will have to bow the knee to him. In fact, it was Queen Victoria. During her reign, she was very powerful, perhaps the most powerful person in the world during her reign. She ruled over a third of the world. She, as queen, she recognised who Jesus was. And so she once said she could not wait to meet Jesus. Why? Well, she said this. She said, so that I can cast my crown before him. Even though she was the most powerful person in the world, she bends her knees to Jesus. For the one who came to be our servant is Lord and King, the Lord of Lords and King of Kings. And one day, every single knee, ours included, whether we like it or not, every single knee will bow down to Jesus as King. And we see that in the last bit of that passage. That at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven, that is all the angels, and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Every knee will one day bow, whether we like it or not. And so I wonder whether you thought about Christmas that way. You see, Christmas is far more wonderful than we can ever imagine because that baby boy Jesus is the true King of kings and Lord of lords. But Christmas is also more threatening than we can ever imagine because if that is true, Jesus demands yours and my allegiance and worship. And so coming to grips with Christmas is coming to grips with that paradox. The one in the manger, our servant, but also our king. It was Augustine trying to make sense of this paradox. He put it this way. Man's maker was made man, that he ruler of the stars might nurse at his mother's breast, that the bread might hunger, the fountain thirst, the light sleep, the way be tired on its journey, that the truth might be accused of false witness, 
the teacher be beaten with whips, the foundation be suspended on wood, that strength might grow weak, that the healer might be wounded, that life might die. Now, one of the mothers from that school in East London, she understood that rightly. She wasn't too happy with the school trying to do what they were trying to do. She said, not calling Jesus the Lord Jesus is like taking Christ out of Christmas. And so she said, if he was just a baby boy named Jesus, there wouldn't be a celebration in the first place. He is our Lord and our Saviour and the King of Kings. That's the whole point. And she's right. And so this Christmas... It is a Merry Christmas if we understand that, if we understand that paradox. If we are to celebrate Christmas rightly in all its richness and glory and joy, then let us come to Jesus, come to grips with that paradox. Let, let us not be indifferent towards Jesus, for one day all knees must bow to him. But let us wonder and marvel and worship the one who became servant is the lord and he is the source of our joy the focus of our singing the reason for this season the message on our lips the wonder of our hearts and the king of our lives his servanthood beckons it and his lordship demands it that is how you have a Merry Christmas. And so it is a Merry Christmas. Let me invite you to remember that and to reflect on that. But now let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, this Christmas we pray that you'll help us all see beyond the decorations and trees and lights and gifts to see your dear Son, Jesus Christ, who out of love came as a servant even to die for us, but yet was raised as Lord to be ruler of all. And so we pray, Lord, that you will grant us in our hearts joy and wonder at what you have done for us. We pray in the name of Jesus Christ, the servant, but yet Lord of all. Amen.